VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I was someone who was lucky enough, along with Jason Martin, to be on air during that game. And even thinking back on it, it's so surreal because, you know, you you have to go through everything that happened. Um, Heat trail by 10 with about four minutes to go. Rally all the way back. You have a couple Duncan Robinson missed threes. Then, and... Maybe it's easy to forget. Maybe it's not. You tell me because you were somebody that was kind of watching it, uh, you know, not as somebody who has to immediately react. But I think it's easy to forget there's a moment in time where we don't know if that Jimmy Butler foul is a two or a three. So we don't know, are we playing potentially for overtime or can he essentially seal this win? He goes, he gets the three foul shots, makes all three. And then, of course, the, the, the rest is history. But you just go through the final three, four, five minutes of that game. I think even earlier in the fourth quarter, Boston was up by 10 and Miami cut the lead. So I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that you're still hungover, that it was one of the great finishes in NBA playoff history. Uh, and it obviously sets up an incredible, incredible uh, moment tonight. There there are so many moments, and you're right. And... I, yeah, I think I really kind of think this is kind of our our, our last chance to really digest mm-hmm. what happened in Game Six, just because of what's at stake tonight. But also, this this was a classic game, and this will be a game that will be talked about, just like when the Heat won in 2013 against the Spurs, 
it's Ray Allen's shot in game six that ends up being the story and not what was done in, in game seven. This Eastern Conference final game six is going to be the game that's going to be talked about, um, I, I think, in history, no matter who wins tonight. Even if the Heat, if the, if the Heat somehow bounce back and are able to win, I think that we still talk about what happened in game six. And if the Celtics win, obviously game six is going to be the uh, ball between Buckner's legs. It's going to be uh, the Dave Roberts steal. All of these things involving Boston, mm-hmm. by the way. And I know that the Red Sox <laughs> and Mets weren't a, uh, a, a 3-0 comeback. But what it is, is it's the point in the series that you talk about that ultimately led to a possible a, a victory in that series. So with all that being said, Aaron, I just still... I can't get away from with everything that you laid out, like the like the Duncan Robinson two missed threes because of how good of a shooter he is and how one was so he had so much time mm-hmm. was a big deal. And the other one was in rhythm. So you're like, well, the one he had too much time, maybe <laughs> if he gets in, in rhythm, maybe he'll hit that shot. So that stands out to me. But honestly, the, the biggest play, I think, is Marcus Smart shooting that shot with three seconds left allowing them to have that second chance opportunity. Well, sorry, go ahead. No, that's all. No, no, go ahead. I, I think that because I think that there's so many different layers to that and we can peel back that onion. But as I stand back and I look at everything and look at the Al Horford foul, look at the – in the last two minutes, there was, there was no violation on Jimmy Butler that felt was missed. There were other missed calls in the final two-minute report. But when we look back on it, we look back on the three free throws – I still will probably go back to Marcus Smart's. I don't know if it's wherewithal. I don't know if he just, you know, that's what I want to discuss on a lucky penny sort of thing. But I think that there's so many layers on why his shot, when he took it, where he took it was so important that ultimately that's what I'm going to remember from game six. So that, so that is an interesting element of it. And again, that was actually my first reaction when the shot goes in, and listen, I I have no true rooting interest in this. You know, once Jimmy Butler makes those three free throws, I'm kind of rooting for Miami to 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 do this and to to go to the finals after coming up just short a year ago. But why I bring it up is, I tweeted that exact thing out. I, I tweeted something to the effect of, you know, the Celtics being bailed out by a bad Marcus Smart shot. And I had a lot of people. Oh, you know, I mean, he obviously just put it up right away so that they could they'd have enough time for the putback. And it's like. Come on now. Like, like to me, I think it was, whether it was drawn up for Marcus Smart to take the shot or not, I don't know. But what I do know is you cannot tell me that that was a good shot and that was the shot that Joe Mazzulla wanted out of the timeout. And people that sit there and say, what is he supposed to do, dribble and let the clock expire? It's like, well, you know, go back to may, literally maybe the most iconic shot in, in basketball history, Christian Leitner, right? Like he had the wherewithal with three and I think it was three, two, to take a dribble, spin move. He had plenty of time to get the shot that he wanted. So we can debate a lot of different things about that. What I don't think we can debate was that it was a bad shot by Marcus Smart and that if Joe Missoula, without knowing the outcome, could do it over, he would probably say, Marcus, you have time to take a dribble. You have time to take two or three dribbles. I mean, you know, again, to, to go back to the college basketball analogy, Fran Fraschilla, a great college basketball announcer, says all the time, you have about a second per dribble where he has time to take a dribble or two, throw up a pump fake, do something. So incredible finish, don't want to diminish it. Celtics deserve to win. 
But that is one thing that I will uh, I will argue to my grave is that that was not a good shot by Marcus Smart. That was not by design to just throw something up for a hopeful putback. But it doesn't really matter because we got a game seven tonight, Dan. See, I, I actually I, I think that it was. I, I think that Boston was down one. They were okay. They, they they were down one in that situation. So to not even. You're right. I, I felt three seconds is an eternity in, in that scenario, and I agree with you. I also think three seconds allows the defense to be able to react where maybe you're not going to get the pass, but you you could, in essence, think you're getting a better shot. When really, you're allowing the defense to react to you because a pass would likely mean likely mean time would expire. So whoever the inbound goes to has to have has to take that shot. And they didn't need a three. You mm-hmm. know, he just got it in a position where he took it and turned, and that allowed Tatum to go to the basket and obviously Derek White. And that's where this all then breaks down to is and why why this shot was so important when it was was because also because of how Miami defended it. Mm-hmm. And that was not defending the inbounds play. So Max Struess didn't have a guy. His guy was to make sure that Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum didn't get the ball. And so when Struess is 28 feet from the basket, when Derek White ends up inbounding it, darn near impossible, especially because now Marcus Smart is kind of in his way from even trying to get a shot off uh, in between as, as White ends up going to the basket. Like, there's just the that whole, like, process. And I do, Aaron, I do. I I know you're going to argue until you're, you're, you know, until you're dead, to your grave, as you said. But I do think he thought, I need to get this off immediately in case we can get a second chance opportunity and I think everybody thought one stop we saw Jimmy Butler say one say, stop yeah. right you know in that in that aspect of it and and I think that that's why Marcus Smart shot so quickly now did I think he would think that there would be a tenth of a second no did I think he think that his ball would wrap you know roll around the rim and the timing of it I mean because that's the other thing if the ball just kind of clanks off the rim maybe Derek White gets it at a unique angle like mm-hmm. at his knees and can't throw one up or tip one up at that time, but because it kind of rattled around the rim, allowed White maybe an extra millisecond to get up to the hoop. But I do think he he, he shot it immediately, and I, I don't know, I, I don't know if Joe Mazzula said that in the huddle, but I I think Mark that was going through Marcus Smart's mind because, as you said, it wasn't a great shot. No, it wasn't the look that you would want, but it was the look that he took because of what I felt that their plan probably was. Now, did I think that they would think, and then Derek White's going to run to the basket and get the offensive rebound? No, but I think that they at least wanted to say, hey, if there's a tip-in, we have an opportunity to maybe to maybe cash in. And that's what you do in late-game situations. Down by one, if there's 20, if there's 20 seconds left, you try to score, because if you miss, then you can extend the game and still get a three. But if you're down by one, to take it to the buzzer, you have no opportunity for a tip-in. And, and three seconds is probably as quick as that we could go. I just That's why I think that he just he shot it the way that it was, because it wasn't a good shot. Well, we, we could debate the Marcus Smart thing, but I will say, to answer the fundamental question that we opened the show with, what's the, the wildest thing about it? I think there's, there's a couple things that come to mind is that one, 
Jimmy Butler really only has to make two out of three, right? So he makes all three. Then you add in the fact that if Boston doesn't get the tip in, that their season is over. Like, like I think mm-hmm. that that's the part that, like, if Jimmy Butler misses one, and th- this is, again, stuff that, that I know everybody on the network has spent the last 36 hours talking about, but if if Jimmy Butler, it, by the way, if it's, if, if it's ruled a two instead of a three, then, then it's potentially overtime if Jimmy Butler misses one. But the fact that if Derek White isn't in the right place at the right time, that the Celtics season is over, and that beyond that, oh, by the way, we're having conversations today, fair or not, about Joe Missoula's future, about if they need to make a trade, is Jalen Brown now all of a sudden expendable? So there's that element of it as well. And that's what I think is the most amazing yep. thing when you think about it. But then I also think the thing that I'll be honest, I, I just didn't realize in real time. And again, I, I was on air, so I'm just reacting to everything and trying to make sure I didn't miss this and I didn't miss that. And I didn't miss a sound bite that came in uh, through the back. But the thing that that now, like like something that I did not realize in real time for probably about 10 or 15 minutes was that. Derek White was the actual inbounder. So I can argue and you can argue and we can debate whether Marcus Smart took the right shot or not. We obviously fall on different sides of this. But for Derek White to have – this wasn't just a seven-footer that happened to be there that tips the ball in. Derek White to have the wherewithal to immediately, if you look at the video, run to the corner for a potential pass, but then as soon as the shot goes up, crash the boards. I know it's fundamental basketball 101. It's what you're taught. But in a moment with the season on the line to have the wherewithal to go from inbounder to potential you know, shot taker to I'm going to crash the boards and then, as you said, right place, right time – that that is the part to me in hindsight that's most incredible is that Derek that Derek White wasn't just a dude on the floor he was the inbounder that had the wherewithal to go make that play. It's 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 also why I just I, I go back to like what I just think like you know smart shot is such the trunk of the tree with all of this, and it makes Spolstra's decision to not guard the inbounder uh, so vital because Max Struess was the guy that was supposed to guard the inbound if they were man-to-man or if Struess was trying to not de- deny the ball to Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, uh, then Struess has an assignment. Because what also happens in these scenarios, Aaron, and this happens so much on social media and, and in our medium, is you look for someone to blame. Sure. And there are people that. who are blaming Max Struess. Well, Max Struess did his job because Jason Tatum and, yes. and Jalen Brown didn't get the ball. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what they that's what they wanted in that. Scenario. And they forced a bad shot from Marcus Smart. We could debate whether he should have dribbled, whether he had yeah. more time. They forced a bad shot. They forced the shot that they would have wanted if they could have drawn it up perfectly. Yes, yes. And uh, the worst thing about it that I feel is Struess actually was able to make up ground at the end. So on certain camera angles, he's in the picture as Derek White is tipping it in with a tenth of a second left. And so it, it appears that he lost his man. And it's just it, – it's too much to ask of someone because if Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown get that ball, those he, that player is double teamed. Be, they're, they're doubled. They are. And there's nobody there to guard them. Uh, or, or there's no ability to pass because there's two guys guarding him. So Tatum, again, because of time, is not going to be able to make another pass. It works out in that way. But because Struess didn't have anybody to guard, um, because they weren't guarding the inbounder, he ends up kind of being the scapegoat for some on social media, and it never should have never should have been that way. It would be different, Aaron, if it was Steph Curry, because then you are guarding the inbound because you know that Steph could have the ability to get the ball right back after the pass. 
but nobody was worried about Derek White. Nobody was worried that thinking like, hey, they're going to inbound it and get it right back to White as the shooter. That's not what it's not what the thought process was, uh, let alone that White's going to crash the board, be on the left side, and the ball is going to ricochet softly enough for him to to tip it in. It's just it's it's crazy. And you're right with the the Butler free throws as well. If he only makes two, even if it's the if he misses the first and makes the last two, whatever the case is, Marcus Smart is. I don't know if he's he's taking that shot in that scenario um, because there is an overtime. I think there is something with your back against the wall uh, scenario of we probably need to get a better shot mm-hmm. in that situation. So maybe you don't. And if you don't get the shot off, it's not, you know, the end of the world scenario. It's the, all right, well, we've got overtime. We didn't get a shot off or it was whatever. I I don't think Marcus Smart takes that shot if the game is tied. Yeah. I, well, and again, it, it, I think I do think to your point, the urgency of if this shot doesn't go in and we know this isn't actually what happened, but if this shot doesn't go in, our season is over. I do think it, a guy in a moment, and I'm not here to criticize Marcus Smart, I do think in a moment you do kind of rush the process of like, the last thing I want is to not be able to get a shot up. So um, it's just, it, again, I, I don't think it's an over, I'm not, I'm far from an NBA historian, but I don't think it's an exaggeration to say it was one of the greatest finishes in NBA history for all of the reasons that we discussed. Jimmy Butler having a hit minimum of two and goes three for three. Um, the Celtics season on the line. The history that's at stake. Now, the Celtics, and I know we're going to talk about this over the next three hours, both in the Doug Gottlieb show and for Cavino and Rich, the Celtics still have to close this out or there are a lot of questions. But if they do close this out, and I mean, you know, if they do close this out, let's say, I mean, let's go down the road and say they win a championship. I mean, this goes down as one of the iconic moments in NBA history. So For sure. Yeah, there's a long way to get there. But you think about what would have happened if Derek White wasn't there. It's kind of surreal to think about. There is there is something to the point, and there's there's two things I want to say. Number one, you know basketball enough when you're when you're down one, and there's four seconds. You don't you don't take the clock down to one second and shoot. Sure, you don't. You you shoot with four seconds left because of the ability of the offensive rebound. When you're tied. You take it all, you know, you take it all and you say worst case scenario overtime. Take it all the way down. And that's, you know, back to the free throw portion of that. The other thing about it to to lend to what you're talking about this game being when the Seahawks threw the interception and Russell Wilson was picked off at the goal line by Malcolm Butler against New England, one of the things that isn't talked about as much. Now, Seattle likely wins the game. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. 
And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. There is still time left on the clock for Tom Brady. There's not tons. Belichick would have been criticized because he didn't call timeout. But New England would have needed a field goal. Um, And we saw how Kansas City could score one in 13 seconds. Maybe the Patriots come back and are able to kick a field goal in that game. That's never talked about. Sure. But but you want to talk about how close the Seahawks were to winning back-to-back. We essentially say they were down to the one-yard line. Mm -hmm. That's where I think Derek White's tip-in is. I think it's David Freeze. The Texas Rangers were a strike away twice from winning the 2011 World Series. A wow. strike away from winning it. And David Freeze, you know, ruined uh, any Texas Ranger fans' dreams uh, on, on two occasions. So a strike away from winning it all. That's what I think like we are. Like the Miami Heat were a tenth of a second away from going to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. And the Celtics were a tenth of a second away. And, and it didn't happen. Yeah. So to, to add to the lore of it, those are the sort of moments that we're talking about when it uh, comes to sports. So I'll, I'll just wrap by saying it makes Game 7 that much more interesting, f- not just for what the win going to the finals would mean, but what the loss for whoever ends up losing tonight would mean as well. He's Aaron Torres. Find him on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Hit me up on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox as we are in for Doug Gottlieb on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Today's show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Is there a crack in the door that would allow Tom Brady to return to the NFL? We'll tell you next year on Fox Sports Radio. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in. I hope you're traveling safe. If that's how you're listening to us, it is the Doug Gottlieb Shows. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Getting ready for a Game 7 tonight. Heats and Celtics from Boston. Winner gets the Nuggets in the NBA Finals. That will start in Denver on Thursday. It's been the topic uh, ever since Saturday night. 
when Boston survived winning on the tip-in by Derek White in game six with just uh, no time left as uh, the basketball leaving his fingers at about point one on the clock and then going through the hoop and net. So the Celtics force a game seven. The oh, what could have been uh, for the Miami Heat have been talked about so much. But Aaron, you touched on this a bit earlier, and I think it's a good time to put a microscope on it. You know, the, the Heat so close to an NBA Finals, uh, getting back there after they did just a few years ago in the bubble uh, when they faced the Lakers in 2020 would be nice for Jimmy Butler's resume. Maybe they'd get Tyler Hero back. But what would have happened on the Boston side of things if the clock had expired or if the tipping didn't go down uh, really could have been major uh, the best way to put it the moves that we could have seen in boston could have been major if Derek white doesn't save the day on saturday night there's so many different variables and you know this is one of the fun things about sports and I, you know fun is relative i know somebody potentially could lose their job so you know you want to be sensitive to that but how one thing can change history and It'd be very interesting, and I think this is a conversation that we're going to be having throughout this show. Obviously, everybody reacting to Game 7 will be having, should the Celtics lose, is that um, it's just it's just an interesting dynamic of right now the Celtics have won three in a row. They've made believers out of all of us. They're a heavy favorite tonight. We all expect them to advance to the NBA Finals. But, you know, if that shot doesn't go in, they're not playing a Game 7. They haven't overcome history to force a Game 7 and potentially made history by winning it. And I do think a lot of the questions that we had after Game 4 about Joe Mazzulla, about the future of this organization, uh, would be very much in play. And so I, I do wonder if... I, I think we have to wait before we make any definitive declarations that Joe Mazzulla has definitively saved his job. I mean, listen, if they get blown off their home court tonight in a Game 7, then it's a different conversation. Then we go back to all the same conversations we were having. They were inconsistent. They weren't great at home. They were the higher seed. They were heavily favored. So I don't know that anything definitive has been decided by overcoming the 0-3 deficit but it sure does feel like it's trending that way where this core almost certainly feels like it'll be back. And I know everybody's talked about the financial dynamics that would come with uh, Jalen Brunson's ex- or Jalen Brown's extension, excuse me. Um, and I also feel like at this point, Joe Mazzulla's got to feel pretty good that he has probably done enough to keep his job as well. You know, it was a, it was a tough go. And honestly, a lot of this stuff gets magnified. And even the Celtics front office was criticized uh, recently in this playoffs because of how quickly they gave Missoula the head coaching job and signed him to a contract uh, just because of their start in the regular season. I do think that, I mean, obviously these things take time. Boston was put in a situation because of Ime Udoka, um, and then Will Hardy left for the Utah Jazz where – you're going, you know, further down on that list that you maybe, uh, you know, would rather not have, but you're just in that situation and the season is near and all right, let's roll with it. I do think that there are some things that have helped Missoula. And again, you and I, uh, you know, disagree on the on the Marcus Smart shot. I, I, I wouldn't doubt if Missoula in that huddle is like, we need to get a shot up, you know, quick so we can maybe get that sort of, you know, second chance rebound. Um, he kind of fell backwards into the to the really the play that saved the game, but his challenge on the Al Horford foul of Jimmy Butler 
allowed them to put more time on the clock. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you get I don't know if you get credit for that, but I will say this, he had a challenge to use. And you know, when you watch watch NFL games sometime and just take note at some of the better coaches and then some of the not so good coaches. Watch how many timeouts they have at the end of the game. Just mm-hmm. just just watch. Sure. And and that some of that stuff tells you all right, um, you know, are, are, are the players well coached? Sure, veteran quarterback can help you. But if you have one timeout and you're in a close game um, and it's the two-minute warning of the fourth quarter, that's not ideal. And there may be extreme circumstances on why you needed to take a timeout, but ideally you'd like to have three in your pocket if you could use. And there are times in games where people want to challenge things and you hold on to it and to be able to to wait that – 47 minutes and 57 seconds to be able to use that challenge the 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 outcome Aaron may not have been what he wanted in terms of it's not a foul sort of thing however they did put more time back on the clock and because of the challenge they were able to win the game so it may not have been the main reason why he did it but he had a challenge to use and it ended up benefiting Boston in that way let me ask you just the the most basic question do you think that it is still result dependent or do you think Joe Missoula has done enough to save his job like like if they lose again at home and let's say again they look unprepared not competitive maybe it's a double figure loss do you think he do you think it's a definitive that he's done enough to come back or no if they lose by double digits tonight, I don't think that he comes back. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I agree. And the reason the, the reason that I feel that way is because I have absolutely, positively, no idea how Miami rebounds from what happened Saturday. Yep. I, I, I just, I, I don't... Miami could have lost by 10 and they'd be in a better position. I agree. You know, then, you know, they, they could have lost by two. They could have lost. A, Marcus Smart's shot being made was a better scenario than the rebound Derek White tip in for Miami. I know. Like, even if, if Smart's shot goes in 
and they lose on that, that is a better outcome than to lose on how they lost. And I just don't know. I have no idea how in the world you rebound from that that sort of game. So if Boston isn't ready tonight and the Heat somehow find a way to do it, that's going to be a tough explanation. No, and, and, and I agree, and I agree, and I think it, you know it's easy, and this is what we do, right? But I, I think, by the way, this is what organizations do too. Um, I think it's easy to, to be, one, to play the hypothetical game. And I think it's easy for people at home to say, oh, that's over, you know, oh, so if they lose, so if, he, if they win, he's great, and if they lose, he's terrible. It's like, no, but I, I do think how you lose is going to be a part of it be, for all of the, by the way, for it's for all the same reasons that we were talking about a week ago when they were down 0-3, which is, um, is he, is, should he have gotten the job in the first place? He certainly wouldn't have under any normal circumstances. There are still, as we are, are talking right now, very good opportunities, uh, very good head coaches, coaches that have won NBA titles that are available. Um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, if we are bringing them back as a duo, are very much entering their prime. And do you want to waste another year of their prime uh, with a guy if you don't think he's the right guy? So it's interesting because, you know, it, it sounds kind of dumb, like, his like like Joe Mazzulla's entire livelihood probably shouldn't come down to one game, and even within that game, uh, you know, it shouldn't come down to how his team looks for a two, four, ten, twelve minute stretch, but it really might. And and if they were to lose by double figures, I would have no problem if uh, the Boston administration, the Boston management and front office made a decision to remove them but I also could sit there and make the argument okay you know they were the two seed they were expected to be in the Easter Conference Finals they were they were a game away I would have no fundamental issue either if he were to be retained as well this is all again under the assumption that they were to lose uh but I don't think like like I don't think it's a dumb conversation to say and I don't think we'd be having if if it was dumb to say that his entire livelihood could come down to not only if they win or lose today but how they look doing it yeah, and this isn't this isn't college football where you need to make your hire immediately, and that they're great call. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's time. It's not the NFL where you, you want to make the hire. I mean, you know, the Colts and and Cardinals waited because their candidates were still playing in the NBA right now. There are candidates out there. Heck, yep. The Sixers are still looking for a head coach. The Suns are still looking for a, for a head coach. So, and while maybe there's guys lined up, maybe you know Nick Nurse ends up going to one of the spots. You're going to have candidates that can take that that would be able to take that job. So they're not at risk. They're not at risk there. I also will say this on what I expect tonight. And I experienced it firsthand 15 years ago, and I know Lakers fans um, are not going to want this memory. But I think it did fuel them to win the, the the titles the next two years, or was that motivation? But there's something about certain nights in Boston, Aaron, and I even think you saw it in Game Five. Like they were ready for a party. Like they even they're down three one. You had the hey, don't let us get one game comments. It was going to be darn near impossible for the Heat to win Game Five, and I felt you felt that in the Boston crowd. I felt that you felt that they were they were ready. They were ready for a party. And I covered the 08 finals when the Celtics beat the Lakers in six games. And because it was a blowout in nature, the uh, most of the second half, Aaron, was just a party and celebration. Sure. And I kid you not, it was it got louder and louder and more boisterous and joyful in that arena. 
at every bucket the Celtics made as they were on their way to a title. In that sort of in that sort of spot, I thought we saw it in game five, and I think that you could see it I think that you could see it in game seven. I this Boston team has been up and down throughout this entire playoffs. We saw it in the Sixers series. If if they would have just forced this game seven in a normal way and maybe not on a tip in, say they just won by six. I think the, the the pressure shifts back to them. I actually thought that if they that the pressure would be on them in game seven if they just won in game six. Now when you see how it was done and to see the position that Miami now has to walk into the arena after what they experienced, much better situation for the Boston Celtics. And and with all of that being said, if they don't get it done tonight and somehow come out flat after what you expect from Miami, after what you expect from that Boston crowd tonight – then absolutely a change would have to be made. Yeah. I um like I said, I think it's hard and this is a conversation we should be having, but it's hard to say definitively without knowing what the result is and what it looks like. Um but it's fascinating and again it goes back to what we talked about in hour one about how one shot, one moment in time, Derek White can change so much about the the trajectory and the history of what's going on right now. Obviously we could have a different finals result because of it. It's just fascinating to think about what that one play meant and what it will continue to mean going forward. It's just surreal. It's, it's just, it's, it's crazy to think about because we've seen buzzer beaters before we've seen, you know, incredible shots, but for a team, their season was on the line maybe collectively the core of this team the coach was there was just so much out of the line that Derek White shot goes in and it just completely changes the narrative one way but obviously it could be completely changed another way if they don't if they don't close it out tonight there was a part there there was a point in this playoffs Aaron where the storyline was Celtics players finally convince Missoula to start Robert Williams sure like that was that was the to, to go with the more defensive lineup, and we've seen we've seen how he is he has done when he's in the lineup, and he's not logging thirty eight minutes, but he's been a factor defensively, and it has. But it's not the the headline wasn't Missoula makes switch in lineup looks like genius. It's <laughs> players convince sure. Missoula to make lineup change. So with all of that, and honestly, just because. It could have been anybody, but it just happens to be Joe Missoula in that in that line. When you don't go through a proper coaching search and you have so much at stake, if it doesn't work out, sorry, there's no leeway. And and not working out would be losing game seven tonight when when everything was everything is going your way. And I thought it was gonna be different, Aaron. I, as I said, I thought even if Boston forces the game seven, that the pressure then would shift back to them because they would be the home team. But how things transpired in game six that is not the case. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Today's show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Hit me up at Dan Byer on Fox. And coming up next, you wouldn't believe what happened this weekend in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll tell you what it is next year on Fox Sports Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. 